Little Bow Peak. Yeah. Little Bow Peak. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Jacqueline Toberoff. And I'm Tamara Lashtak. And we are your hosts of the Bo Peep podcast. Where the men are women, the women are men, and the sheep are confused. So, Jackie, as you know, I have been traveling in a foreign country at an undisclosed location. I've been doing some investigative reporting and journalism. But I have been keeping abreast of everything that has been happening in the United States and particularly in New York. What you had recently uncovered and had sent to me was extremely interesting. So I thought we could discuss this on our podcast because as I've been seeing the headlines in the United States, we have a lot going on. A lot of it is related and tied back to the topic of race. We had the Chauvin verdict that just came out. We have cities on edge waiting to ignite. We have the whole conversation around systemic racism in America and what is being taught in schools vis-a-vis critical race theory. You had uncovered an organization called Pollyanna, which I thought was quite an interesting organization. Not a lot has been reported about them, but there are some ties to some of the schools where the topic of race has been prevalent and in the media headlines, and they all seem to be connected with this organization, Pollyanna. Given that schools is a key item on your political platform, I thought you could lead us in the discussion around this organization. Before I even get into how I discovered Pollyanna and exactly what it is, I want to be the first person to say I'm not 100% sure. Let's start with some context. Since June, since the terrible murder of George Floyd, we have been living in a state of terror. We're afraid to speak. We are unable to go to school because of a pandemic. Parents are feeling that there is something amiss and it's palpable. We cannot put our finger on exactly what it is, but we know it is out there. Whether it is the abundance of emails we receive from schools that are void of core curriculum, critical thinking, even when the school is reopening, but much more dedicated, devoted to systemic racism, DEI, which is diversity, equity, inclusion. It's like the masks, a mechanism to shut us up and jam down our throat something new, something that we did not sign up for. If you're in a private school, something that parents did not pay for because it happened post-June this coming school year after tuition was paid. I think right now we are on the cusp of something huge because so many parents are terrified and furious by the direction their school is going in and not quite sure what it is because it has not been adequately explained to us. Just like with the masks, it's kind of, this is how it's going to be and you shut up and you take it. It's terrifying because parents, again, are hanging on by a thread. Whether you're divorced, whether you are in an intact marriage, the entire landscape of people's lives has been altered both due to the pandemic and due to BLM riots. People have been financially impacted, lost their businesses, been physically threatened. They're fearful. They've gone through things. By the way, I'm specifically talking about Manhattan, 
the private schools in Manhattan are really under assault. The deviation from core curriculum and critical thinking. And the deviation is skewed in a very political way. It's skewed to make us think that everything is racist, whether it's music, French, math, science, history, whether it's team sports, whether entrance exams, everything, every single thing is racist. And every single movement action is racist. And if you ask a question, that is racist. There is absolutely zero diversity of thought allowed. If you ask a question, you are threatened. When you have the commander in chief, which I heard his speech, first of all, I think it's highly inappropriate for him to really comment on this trial of Derek Chauvin before the verdict came out. And for him to basically state that America is a country of systemic racism. First of all, he has been on the wrong side of the race debate his entire political career, going back all the way to busing. And on top of that, he worked for the first Black president of our nation. And I've said this before, Barack Obama would not have been elected president if we had a systemically racist country. 13% of people in this country are Black. So he was elected by white people. That is not a sign that we are a systemic racist society. Is there racism in America? Of course there is. Is there systemic racism? I would challenge that and I would say no. So this is what we're dealing with at the top of the house in the country. And remember, all politics is downstream of culture. So when you have this messaging going out from our commander in chief, what do you expect? But anyway, sorry to interject. Go on. No, I think you bring up a really valid point. The left has one topic. The topic is racism. That is their only issue. The left has no solutions. They create chaos and they frame everything under the guise of racism. That is exactly what's going on with these schools right now, especially in Manhattan. We've got two left-leaning progressive leaders, Cuomo and de Blasio. Carranza, who was our former DOE, has been replaced by someone who is even more extreme than him. She had very little background, and her main focus is CRT, critical race theory. The left has one issue. It's an echo chamber, and that issue is racism because it works. Look at BLM. Pollyanna seemingly is a well-oiled machine just like BLM. It is something that these schools in Manhattan have flung onto. It is a national nonprofit helping academic and other institutions achieve their diversity, equity, and inclusion goals. Okay. So it's essentially, it's a nonprofit that goes into schools and helps them develop curriculum that is supposedly a non-racist curriculum. And it tries to create a culture of inclusion in schools. Now, when I was in corporate America, we did a lot of diversity training and inclusion. You were allowed to have an opinion and you were allowed to have a dissenting opinion should you chose to, and you weren't met with any hostility. But now this seems to be really rammed down people's throats. And if they even ask a question, they're automatically labeled a racist. I think regarding Pollyanna, there are a couple of things to unpack. Number one, it's not them trying to foster a more diverse and kind environment. In fact, it's the opposite. 
even though that's part of what it says on their website. It says specifically that they try to foster kindness. Correct. It does say that. And we will get into their co-opting a name, Pollyanna, and we will get into all of the parental fallout from the schools that have worked with Pollyanna in a couple of minutes. Pollyanna really focuses on K through eighth grade. Now, I find that very interesting. It's like with suicide bombers. You really try to get children when they are young and impressionable. And what this group does is it is really highly focused on CRT, critical race theory, which is just about the most racist thing you can be. It comes up with a curriculum and a means of segregating the students. It is actually not at all inclusive and it is not at all helpful because they're programming children. It's akin to grooming. We're in 2021, but it seems like we're in 1821. It's white shaming. It's removing all classical literature because it's viewed as racist. Well, if you're basing it on critical race theory, which we've discussed in one of our previous podcasts, is the theory that America is systemically racist and white people are the impressors of colored people. And therefore, we should apologize for our whiteness as an oppressive tool. That's right. That is how Pollyanna seemingly operates. The only real evidence we have of how they operate, because there has not been mainstream media coverage of them is the emails that have gone viral from parents and a teacher at very prestigious Manhattan schools. Yeah, they- let's talk about some of these schools. So I saw some of the articles that you sent. We have this teacher from Grace who was actually removed from his teaching duties. I don't know whether he was terminated or if he has resigned from the school. It didn't specify it in the article that I read, but he was removed from his duties. When he talked about some of the things that the school had accused him of, which was protesting this agenda that they were forcing onto children, they were saying that his behavior was actually the one that could be deemed as harassment for dissenting against the agenda. The agenda is to shame the white people. They are automatically privileged and make the Black people feel like victims, which again is just about the most racist thing you can do. You had looked at the statistics of Grace, and they actually have a very high percentage of enrollment of Black and colored students, correct? Yes. I think the statistic, if I'm not mistaken, was between 20 to 16 percent. Which is much higher than the national average. Right. Black people make up 13 percent. Rather than have these schools and the children learn how to think critically, of course, be kind and thoughtful, they have made every child who's white feel like a racist. And they've made children who are Black feel like victims. It doesn't really work like that. So there has been a tremendous amount of fallout from schools. He was at Grace Church. He, in his article, if you read it, He basically calls it indoctrinization and child abuse. It's grooming. And I think it's really interesting, again, that Pollyanna really focuses on K through eight because these private schools in Manhattan are feeder schools for Ivy League universities. And what happens at these Ivy League universities? Well, we've been reading a lot about that too. 
And they seemingly have become very woke, pushing very fringe ideas, again, highly focused on racism. A lot of these are very left-leaning institutions. If someone like an adult goes to one of these schools, they are trained to think critically and ask questions. But when you've groomed a child from kindergarten to eighth grade, they are, they're already gone. They're already brainwashed. So they get to a university and they toe the line. They shut up. They either sit there in silence or they become a BLMer. It seems like grooming. I retweeted uh, something that you had written about Black Lives Matter and them having a peaceful protest in Soho the other day. And somebody who follows me sent me a private message and she asked me if I support QAnon, which is just absurd. Then she started asking me why I think Black Lives Matter is a left-leaning organization. And I said, well, I've done the research and I saw where their money goes. And at the time that I looked at the organization, which was right after George Floyd's murder, 100% of their money went to the Democrat Party. I don't know where it's gone since. I haven't followed up and continued to do that research. But as somebody who was a finance professional, I follow the money. That pretty much said it all to me. We started to have a debate and discussion. And she was asking me these questions that I found totally offensive, which was, do you think that you as a white person have privilege over Black people? And do you think that they should have equal rights? It was like crazy town. I was even shocked that somebody was asking me these questions. And for somebody who is not a racist, I was like, what? It was a very respectful conversation. It was not hostile at all, although I did find it to be a bit offensive. I did humor her and answer the questions. Soon after, I went to meet my friend who came to visit who happens to be Black. And I'm like, I can't even believe I'm being asked this question. I find it completely offensive. Why can't we just live and let live? Why are we getting this rammed down our throats? It's really annoying. But going back to the Grace School, Pollyanna does work with Grace School or not? Were you able to confirm that? Yes. Let me name the schools that work with Pollyanna that have been in the news that have gone viral for parental fallout. They've been Grace Church, Harvard Westlake in California. Rarely, and Dalton. In fact, Dalton got so bad that the principal stepped down. He quit amidst the parental backlash. Now, what's so interesting about that is that Pollyanna's co-founder or founder is a Dalton alum. I I think a number of them are Dalton alums. And a number of them went to Ivy League schools. So they have perfect infiltration to the PTA. They were able to capitalize off of something at just the perfect time. Parents are emotionally taxed, financially taxed, desperate to have their children in school. This is a great time and a great way to make money. Yeah. It's a great- well, you know what? Quite honestly, maybe Dalton is a systemically racist organization or institution. It's certainly seeming like an organization or an institution that has tremendous systemic dysfunction. I mean, isn't that where Jeffrey Epstein taught? And did he not even have an actual degree? What is going on in that school? Maybe they should be investigating Dalton. It seems like an absolute shit show, quite honestly. They said that next year's incoming class, they reserved, I think the number is 48% people of color. I want to know who monitors the color pigmentation. Is there a special doctor on hand? 
Is it a person of color like Elizabeth Warren is American Indian? Pocahontas? Can you identify as being of color? Are Asian Americans of color? That's a good question. Are Arctic Jews of color? Are Persians, Iranian? Who is sufficiently pigmented to be considered part of that 48%? And again, if African Americans or Americans, if Black Americans make up 13%, why do they get 48%? Where are these numbers? Why not just take in students that have good grades and that have met the academic standards to get in? Isn't that the fairest way to go about it? Isn't that the least racist thing to do? What are your thoughts on why all of a sudden in the last several years, we have been peddled this notion of systemic racism. What is behind all this? What are your thoughts on that? Because I have some specific thoughts, but I want to hear what your thoughts are. Money. That's my thought. Money. Money. So, who's, get it? who's getting so, money? How much has BLM raked in this year? How much? Well, I only know this because you and I have looked into it and we've had more of a discussion around it. So I don't know what number is being reported, but you and I have discovered that it's close to a billion dollars. I think it's $900 million. And where's that money going, by the way? I don't know. Well, I told you after George Floyd, I looked into it. So 100% at the time was going to Democratic candidates. Certainly, there's been some real estate purchases by the founder of BLM lately in some of the white suburbs of LA. We know some of that money's gone there. Maybe the IRS is going to look into that and follow that money. I I don't know how she's going to justify spending over a million dollars on a house on a non-for-profit salary. I don't actually think it's necessarily money. Of course, there's bottom feeders that are going to make money on everything. I think the impetus is votes. The Democrats have become a one-platform party, and it is all about race. And the best they can do is peddle this victimhood on Black people so that they keep them on the plantation. Quite honestly, Maxine Waters is quite appalling. And doing more digging about her past, she incited the Rodney King riots. More people died in those riots because of her propagating this and really fostering this race. And for her to go to Minnesota and try to sway the outcome of this trial, of course he was guilty. If you were a juror on that, would you even have the balls to vote for anything but guilty? I would be shocked if those jurors are not currently in witness protection. No. And we have learned that BLM is a terror organization. And yeah. why a terror organization? Because it terrorizes people. Yeah. The vandalism, arson, looting, and assault. It threatens people. It's shameful that Maxine Waters is so unprofessional. It's shameful that she gets paid, that she's a government employee. There were undertones. I watched an Instagram live that AOC did and her rhetoric too. The verdict came in three counts of guilty. And she says, this is still not justice. And the undertones of that were, don't sit back. You got to continue to fight. And while she wasn't so blatant with inciting violence, there was definitely the undertones of that there. I commented and said that her post was irresponsible and her followers came down on me calling me a hater. I did not call her any names and I was extremely respectful, but I'm supposed to be able to disagree with my elected official. I mean, our tax dollars are paying their salary. No, you're not. That's the whole point of this exercise. You are not allowed to ask any questions. If you do, you are in jeopardy. You are in jeopardy of having your life ruined, your reputation 
ruined. You're not allowed to ask. I know. Well, this is why we're doing this podcast all together, because I see freedom of speech going out the window. And this is something that my parents fled a communist country and always warned us about oppression and freedoms and liberties that are being infringed upon. We grew up vigilantly making sure we exercised our rights and making sure that we watch out for any infringement on our rights. And it is appalling. I mean, my parents must be rolling over in their graves. I really want to stay on this tool and on polygamy. Okay. I think it is such a huge and such a new topic for people. And there are so many parents, again, because they've been busy, they've been emotionally distressed, they've been working, they've been homeschooling, that they haven't put their finger, they haven't been able to put a name behind the chaos at their school. And I really want parents to start researching this Pollyanna institution because we need help. We do not have all the answers. We don't have many of the answers, but this group needs to be examined closely as they are so closely connected right now to your children. I heard something really interesting. I was on the phone with someone. I don't want to say his name, but he was connected with the emails that went viral. And he was telling me that there's something called a preference falsification, which is what we've been in. I just want to read you the definition. So a preference falsification is the act of communicating a preference that differs from one's true preference. The public frequently convey, especially to researchers or pollsters, preferences that differ from what they truly want, often because they believe the conveyed preference is more acceptable socially. I think that's fascinating. People are so scared to tell the truth that they go along with something like systemic racism, like a false narrative, just to be acceptable in society. Now, the really interesting part of this whole thing is that person who was teaching me about preference falsification was optimistic. And he said he thinks right now we're in something called a preference cascade. So a preference cascade is the awakening. It's what's happening right now with all of these teachers and parents that are going public with disappointment and fury over Pollyanna and CRT's inclusion in any sort of academic life. Parents have absolutely had it. We feel taken advantage of. We feel like schools are divorced from reality in terms of how our community has suffered, how our children have suffered. And the fact that school is so degraded and to then shove down anything other than core curriculum, sports, socialization is really just abusive. What do you think that we should be doing about this? What I think we should be doing is firstly, every single parent listening to this podcast who follows me on my Instagram It's Jacqueline for City Council D1. I think we all need to do a deep dive as much as possible into what Pollyanna is. And we need to find out if our schools are associated with Pollyanna. How much does it cost? How was the bidding process? Is there a subcommittee? Who was on the subcommittee? How much of the school's resources are being diverted from core curriculum and critical thinking into DEI and Pollyanna, or there are some alternate groups that are similar to Pollyanna. Parents need to ask for a syllabus. What is the syllabus from K through 12? If they are doing DEI, 
if they are working with Pollyanna or an institutional organization like this, not only how much does it cost, but how is it going to affect the syllabus going forward? Will classic literature be replaced? If so, by what? With what? Yeah. We need to ask questions. But the first question is, what is Pollyanna? How much does it cost? How much are the people on the board making from it? What schools are working with Pollyanna? And how much of the school's resources during this time of financial hardship are being diverted to Pollyanna in lieu of things like paying teachers who are working around the clock, coming up with more space to fit in the students that they can't get in? Let me ask you this. As a parent, how much race education would you like to have your children have? And how much is the right amount to have as part of a curriculum in schools, if any? I have to say, I'm Jewish. I don't know that my children have had any Holocaust information, and I don't know if I'm that upset about it. It's very disproportionate, the amount of time they spend on systemic racism, which is a false narrative, DEI, which is like hormone blocking, a brand new concept. So there's nothing to even fact check. It's brand new. I think at this point, the sort of schools that we're talking about that are jamming this down parents' throats, these are... They're the most white privileged schools that are out there. That's right. Maybe they should be attacked. I think the best way to foster inclusivity and diversity, enough of this selective outrage. The best way to do it is have a meritocracy. People get in that work hard and that fit the school. When I say fit the school, that has nothing to do with color. It has to do with your emotional state, your maturity level, your entrance exams. Yes, we need exams. Otherwise, the bar goes down. The standards need to go up. These are things that are important to maintaining academic excellence, which is what every parent wants for their child. Every parent wants that. And I don't know if racism should be discussed at all other than when discussing slavery, the Civil War. Those are huge topics, important topics. I love history. I don't think that that should be omitted. But there is a time and a place. It is not in an email every single week. It is not in every single Zoom call that has nothing to do with slavery or the Civil War. When you're talking about going back to school remotely, I don't want to hear any mention of DEI, just like I wouldn't want to hear any mention of the Holocaust. There's plenty of anti-Semitism. In fact, I think there's more cases of anti-Semitism than racism going on right now. There are Asians that are being attacked. I haven't heard any sort of Asian inclusivity in any of these emails or Zooms. It's really people of color. But again, they're very specific on that color. It's not Asian. I attribute this to the Democrat Party losing the Black vote and the Black voters waking up to the fact that the Democrat Party has really done nothing for them and them waking up to the fact that their lives are much better under Republican leadership. They are losing that vote. They're losing the Hispanic vote. This is why we have a migrant crisis at the border. They need to replenish their voters that they are losing from both the Black and Hispanic communities. There's always an agenda behind everything. 
they're going after our kids. Our kids are the next. They are going after the kids. They are going after the kids and they're going after them hard. I wouldn't even doubt how much China's behind all this. Watching that Alaskan summit with Tony Blinken, they literally threw our own words right in our face saying, well, you yourselves called yourself a racist country. Why would we listen to you? It was appalling. I think you're right. They've lost so many votes that the only thing they can now do is go after the next generation of voters. Yeah. And creating chaos absolutely works. I think Republicans need to stop focusing on facts. We have seen the left mobilize just based on emotion. That is really profound. Facts are no longer important. Nope. It's really driven by emotion. And yeah. they are brainwashing and confusing the hell out of these kids. And they are infuriating the parents. I think we've got to start connecting the dots. There's so much that we don't know about BLM. It's intentional. There's so much we do not know about Pollyanna, which again, started in 2015. It's intentional. There is so much being repressed about masks. It's intentional. There's so much being suppressed about just about everything. We can't even get a news story. We've discussed that ad nauseum. Information is right now being held from us and we are being spoon-fed a narrative that is meant intentionally to agitate. And I think that's what's going on. And I think Pollyanna has really found something. They get to make money fucking up our kids. Yeah. I think you're onto something really interesting. I think that this organization is certainly one to watch. I'd be curious to know. It says they're a non-for-profit. I'd be curious to know what their official status is. Next up, a $1 million house in some suburb in California. They're graduates of Dalton, so I'm sure that they're not really poor. I think the founder or at least one of the people that I looked up went to UC Santa Barbara and then moved to New York City. I'd be curious to see what else they do. I'd be curious to see how they get coverage in the media, if at all. We're going to be speaking with a journalist next week, and we're going to try to dig up some more information on Pollyanna because this is a story that is absolutely not going away. Those four schools are just the tip of the iceberg. They're the tip of the spear. Absolutely. And parents, feel that something is amiss, but they're not sure what the name of it is, and they don't know what the organization or the institution is, we're here to tell you one of those institutions is Pollyanna. So parents, you better wise up. You yeah. better research it. And- research it and learn the name. Listen for the name. And if you hear it in, you see it in any of your newsletters or in any of the um, school meetings and right. parent-teacher conferences, Keep your eyes and ears peeled for this organization because they're probably helping to frame your curriculum. Life is hard enough. It's hard enough to raise children without them having emotional issues and emotional baggage that we as parents put onto our children. Now to add this other cultural element of we need to somehow feel guilty for the color of our skin. It's just so unreal to me. Especially if you're a religious person who believes in God, we are all God's children and we are all perfect exactly as we are with all our imperfections and all our flaws. Even nature is flawed. And that is the beauty of nature. Until we start really embracing our uniqueness, our differences, I just cannot support and promote this. 
that. I will tell you, it's more than that. It's really a Marxist organization, this Pollyanna. And I'm going to tell you why I say that. It's not about the individual. It's taking a situation and demolishing, destroying, and degrading the democracy. It's an anti-American organization. Well, you know what? Hold on. Let me let me stop you right there because also that just reminded me this Grace School, which I know because this is in our district where we ran. This is in the East Village. And I know people who have gone to Grace School and I know people who have kids in Grace School. This is also the school that was eliminating the use of mother and father. I would imagine that this Pollyanna is probably behind that ideology because that is another thing that has been a major part of this agenda. In addition to the critical race theory, you're right. It has this Marxist element where it takes out the individual. It's all about identity politics, and it is about really wiping out anything that makes somebody a unique individual. It is exactly the same. I really wonder if BLM and Pollyanna work together because Pollyanna claiming that America is systemically racist means they are challenging the democracy, the democratic structure of America. So it is an anti-American group in the exact same way as BLM. And just like BLM, they take a name, Pollyanna. I don't know if you ever watched the movie growing up. I did. It was about this adorable little blonde girl, white blonde girl who was happy and touched everyone's lives and made them better and saw things through rose-colored glasses. It is an outrage that Pollyanna has co-opted a name and turned it into basically a mockery. They have made it like white people are obtuse dum-dum. Just imagine if the color sphere, if the pigment sphere was reversed. They have taken something that was really innocent and sweet and infectious, and they've turned it into a negative in the same way as BLM. Black Lives Matter clearly doesn't care about Black lives. Just ask Brianna Taylor's mom. Uh, Black Lives Matter is a well-oiled machine that, like Pollyanna, looks to create divisiveness and chaos. You also bring up an interesting point is where is the intersection of all these organizations? And Last summer, when I was doing research on this topic, especially when I was doing more research on the BLM and Antifa, there were links that tied both those organizations together with also other organizations such as the Sunrise Movement, which was the organization that promotes the Green New Deal and other environmental initiatives. They were the group that was protesting in Nancy Pelosi's office the day AOC became her first day in Congress. and. She stopped by and high five people at that protest, but they're also tied to PETA. All these organizations are linked. You have Rock the Vote, funded by Zuckerberg Chan, all this stuff. They're all linked. Every single thing is connected, and every they are. Quite honestly, they do have a basis in Marxist ideology. I have to agree with you on that. Do you remember when you and I first met and we watched that video by Chazil Sons who? started the Ferguson protests. And he was like, y'all are being duped. You know, if you're following Black Lives Matter, you're being duped. The organization was hijacked. He was one of the original organizers of the Ferguson protests. He said so himself. 
I'm looking it up right now. I cannot find the article, but I do remember reading that federally they are making a push to also change schools and really focus on DEI and systemic racism. It's coming from a federal level. So I'd also be curious to know if Pollyanna has any sort of political ties, if they perhaps are working with the Democrats. I'm going to look more into this. It's very hard to find any. Well, I can guarantee they're not working with Republicans. <laughs> no. By the way, this is another reason why the left hates school choice. They attack school choice. Absolutely. It's so amazing to me. Somebody just asked me recently while I've been traveling in this undisclosed location, they did ask me about the voter integrity that is being passed in Georgia. And they asked me specifically if I could explain what it is and what it means. And when I told them that it was about voter ID, they didn't understand. Like there was like, wait a minute, shouldn't that be the norm? When you think about it with your logical, common sense. And that actually is exactly what Pollyanna does. They are dismantling core curriculum and critical thinking. And they use the word guidance. It's not guidance. They are jamming something down intentionally young children's throat. But then the young children come home. And if the parent doesn't shut up and go along with it, the child is even more confused than ever. I mean, it really is as this Paul Rossi, this hero, this saint, this teacher from Grace Church wrote, it is akin to child abuse. It is a grooming organization. And every school should disavow CRT. Every school should disavow Pollyanna, any sort of organization, institution similar to Pollyanna. And parents, this is a horrible task that we have to take. Not only do you have to work, not only do you have to be a parent, you have to really get involved in what your children are doing at school. And it's difficult because the older they get, schools encourage you to let them be autonomous. But maybe autonomy right now isn't a great thing. Maybe we need to be more involved than ever. Yeah, we should be more involved than ever. Absolutely. Because we have seen, even with our awakening that has come out of this coronavirus, is that we were sleeping for too long. And it is time for Americans to wake up and take their country back. And that means every institution. We were sleeping too long with COVID and we were sleeping too long with CRT. And we've been sleeping too long. The person I was speaking to, he said that these schools tend to push things down parents' throats. And generally speaking, parents don't speak up. They don't want to rock the boat, even though they might hate something, even though they might have fatigue from a certain subject. They tend to choose which battle they're going to get involved in. He was saying, this is a preference cascade right now. Parents have absolutely had it. That's the impression. Yeah. In doing this podcast, we have talked to a lot of people. We have talked to police detectives. We have talked to teachers. We have talked to leaders of local organizations. We have talked to people of the Asian community that feel that they are being marginalized and discriminated against because of entrance exams and so on and so forth. We have a lot of people that we talk to and you running for office, me having run for office, a lot of people are coming to us and a lot of people may be scared to speak up 
but we are happy to be the platform and the forum and the channel in order to help escalate this. But keep coming to us. We are open to hear it. We will protect your identity. We will not out you. We will always be respectful. Even if we have people with opposing views, you want to come on our podcast, we will be respectful. We're not going to use it as an opportunity to rip you apart. We'd love to have a contrarian point of view from ours. We welcome that. That is exactly what this podcast is intended to do. But I want to continue to encourage anybody who agrees with us or not agrees with us to reach out to us and keep it coming because we know we're on the right track with the topics we're covering because you have given us that feedback. It's okay if you're afraid at the moment, and maybe tomorrow you'll be less afraid. And maybe if more people come out and support, you'll be more afraid. And then maybe you'll be leading the charge. Who knows? But keep speaking up. And we do want to encourage that. So just wanted to state that. And I just want to say that this is going to be the most important episode of our podcast that we do. This Pollyanna has yet to really be discussed by any. This is emerging right now. We are at an inflection. And so I really encourage you, again, send this podcast to your friends, to your parents. You need to really do a deep dive. And the reason that this is also so important is because we're talking about the minds of the next generation. We're talking about our children. It may be soon too late for us as we start riding into the sunset. We have to leave a country that is functioning to our children and our grandchildren. And if we let them rob their minds, then they're screwed. Then they have no chance. I'm meeting a ton of people where I am that are Americans who have left the United States, whether they've moved out of the United States, have moved out of the United States years ago, or are just taking a break from the United States. Although I'm meeting a lot of Republicans, I'm meeting a lot of Democrats that have defected from their own party. I met with this woman who's staying at my casitas, and she was like, listen, I was to the left of left, but my party has lost its mind. She's not a Republican yet, but she's voted Republican in the last elections. And she's like, I can't vote for people of the party that I grew up with and that I used to love. Jackie, you met this one woman who had worked on Hillary Clinton's campaign, and she is now fully registered Republican. I don't know if she's fully registered Republican. She has switched parties. Her party left her. People are waking up on both sides. And if you truly have an open mind and you're looking at things logically and with critical thinking, you got to see the writing on the wall. I wonder if we don't act whether our children will even be able to think critically. I really wonder about that. No, and this is something as parents, you have to take responsibility and start teaching your kids to think critically on their own because they're clearly not getting in schools. All right. Well, great topic. Thank you so much for digging this up and sharing it with me. It was certainly educational for me. Great job. And keep going at it, honey badger. (laughs) Honey badgers. The boat keep drops every Thursday and yep. can communicate with us on our social media Instagram page. It's the underscore Bo, B-O underscore P-E-E-P. And we really look forward to hearing from you. And let us know what you find out about yep. Polly. Do you want to tell them how they can listen to our podcast? It's available on every single major platform that carries podcasts. You can catch us on Spotify or iTunes 
or any place where you can get a podcast. It is there and it is available and it drops every Thursday, as Jackie said. And like I said, you know, Jackie and I are extremely accessible. One of our core beliefs that we equally share is that when people reach out to us, we always give them a courtesy and respond back. In fact, when we reach out to people and they don't respond to us, we're like, what the F? We are trying to build a community and a community where people are accessible. This is a community. And talk about inclusivity. We want to hear from you because Pollyanna CRTDI is the least inclusive. And we want to be the opposite. We welcome you into the fold and we want to hear what you have to yeah. say. And this is what Jackie will be like as a city council person. Jackie and I are not lifelong friends. We only became friends when I was running for office and we became fast friends. And I think we share a lot of core values, although we don't always agree. Um, we're always respectful. And she is the honey badger. She is diligent. She is tenacious. She's going to fight for you. Here, I'm giving you a little plug for your candidacy. <laughs> but she will fight for you and she will always be accessible. She has responded to every single person who has reached out to her. It's a how I operate as well. And I think that that is why she's going to be a fantastic councilwoman. Thank you. Yeah. My endorsement for Jackie. Thank you. All right. So we will see everyone on Thursday and more to come on Pollyanna when we speak with our friend, a uh, journalist. So everyone, great week. Thank you. Bye, everyone. She lost her sheep, y'all. Don't know where to find her. Huh?